Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like hormones. Yikes. <laughs> God damn motherfucking hormones. Yeah, a bit. About six months ago, I started having the experience of all of a sudden... For no good reason, with no external input, with no prior mental, emotional, psychological conceptualization of this. You're telling a story like I do now. <laughs> I was all of a sudden horny for no good reason. Well, it could be a good reason that you don't know of. It seemed like there wasn't, though. I cannot tell any good reason. Because of timing. It would often come on when I'm in the car on the way to work, or as I'm sitting at my desk in my office, or as I'm laying in our bed while you're getting ready for surgery, or... Like, like I'm, I'm not here. Yes. In the house. You're alone. Right. Or when I had to go to Tempe for work and you were here. And that was the problem. Like, sometimes it does happen when I am with you or my other partner. And then it's like, okay, hi, let me get your attention. There's, I still a, there's a good reason then. Well, there's a good outcome. Good? Okay. I don't know if there's a good reason. <laughs> right. Okay. Because it still feels a little bit like, you know, there's the arousal that comes from positive interactions or mm -hmm. from sexual or sensual input. It is a very different sensory and somatic experience. Than what you're talking about. Than what I'm talking about. Like if you and I start being sensual with one another, start getting into foreplay, start start getting into kink play, start getting into sex. That arousal, that physiological experience of arousal, wetness, skin flush, etc. Is all it's from a good reason. You have that is a good reason. Yeah. Because that is fun, that is uh, the cause is enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Other times, I cannot tell what the fuck the cause is. Mm -hmm. There's no good, like, I can't determine a cause. Right. There's no libidinous input whatsoever. It just all of a sudden is there. It just all of a sudden is there that I am all of a sudden wet, that I am all of a sudden envisioning you doing something. God only knows what. I'm not going to talk about the kinds of things that we do too much on, on a microphone, but it's usually related to you. Responding to you or well, somehow. Actually, the funny thing is 99% of the time, it's not even you responding to me. It's me being a voyeur to you or me like, you know, you showing off for me as you do sometimes do. It's the idea of you servicing yourself for my enjoyment a lot of the time. Right. Which is like, even, even it's in not, ways not even I'm probably not doing. Well, and this is a thing. You and I do both have fairly high libidos. Yes. And so it is just going to happen that sometimes we experience arousal at the same time, even if we are not in one another's company. Correct. And this has happened a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And in those times, I have occasionally said to you, hey, my hormones just smacked me in the face. And you're like, hey, want to let me help you with that? Mm -hmm. And that can be fun. It can be, depending on your rest of your situation. Right. If I have the time, energy, space to engage with that interaction, it can be right. fun. But most of the time, I have no clue what you're doing. 
And you don't have the space. I don't have the space. And in fact, half the time I do know what you're doing because you've said, I'm unpacking from Gallifrey One. I'm getting ready to take the dog for a walk. I'm getting ready to take a nap. Mm -hmm. You'll tell me exactly what you're doing. And it has nothing to do with sex, which, you know, if you tell me, hey, I'm going to go jack off now, that will arouse me. But that's a good cause. Right. I know the reason. (laughs) Right. But it's, as you've described, become more aggressive and it, more uncomfortable as as the months have gone on. It's true. Yeah. At first, it was just a curiosity. Mm-hmm. I enjoy novelty as long as it's safe novelty. I am very drawn to novelty. You know, when you're in fandoms, people will say, what's your favorite X or Y? And so, like, what's your favorite Star Trek series? It's the one that's on right now. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite doctor on the show Doctor Who? There have been 15 to 18, depending on how you count them. Okay. I refuse to go lower than 15. And... My answer is always the one that's on right now. I like new and novel as long as I have enough safety to cognitively digest it. Right. And so at first I was like, this is new and novel and it's not terribly bothersome. I mean, it's a little annoying, but interesting. A little inconvenient. It's a little inconvenient sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I, I can sometimes take myself to the bathroom. You you can sometimes you cannot sometimes I cannot but but lately you've described it as uh, to the point where you you feel like like you're not yourself yes lately it has become more aggressive like I will be doing my work on a pad of paper you know taking notes on a phone call that I'm making and the image flashes in my head of you. Doing something. Or I'm, you know, taking notes on said phone call, and all of a sudden I feel the sensation of a buzzy toy on my nethers. There is no buzzy toy on my nethers. It is not the sensation of arousal. You know the twinge of arousal. You mm-hmm. know that feeling mm-hmm. of, oh, the the neurochemical response, the hormonal response, and the physiological, the tingle. It's not that. It's not that. Right. And so I'm like almost on comfortable in my seat as I'm trying to take notes on a phone call. Mm-hmm. Or I'm trying to jack off in a hotel in Tempe, and it won't go because it's not my typical physiological response. And not only that, but like, I didn't ask for that, and it's in the way. Right. And up until last year, typically, I, you and I, like I said earlier, have fairly high libidos. Mm-hmm. So experiencing arousal seemingly out of nowhere normal, typical arousal Mm -hmm. would not be unusual, but it would also be fairly easy to just set aside and say, not your turn right now. I'll get back to you later. Right. And this is not like that. This is not like that. It is very insistent. And I will try all of my usual tricks to redirect my brain, to redirect my body, and it does not quit. The other day, I was driving because I was leaving one on-site observation and going back to the office, and it was going for like a whole half an hour. Like it was that buzzy feeling in the front, and then the buzzy feeling in the back, and then the buzzy feeling in the front and the back. And I'm like, why? Why? Could it be your bad, noisy tires or... Too much vibration? I don't know. It if, it only, the car. if it only ever happened in the car, I could chalk it up to the terrible tires that I got when I had a blowout coming to see you after your last surgery, driving through the Central Valleys in yeah. the heat of the summer right. in California. But that was not the case. No, often you'll be at your desk or you've even said when you were on another job site, 
So as you've been telling me about this, you'll often text me and you're, you're getting more and more aggravated about it because you just, you feel it's um, no longer consensual. It feels, yes, it's, you know, and I've heard other people with various physiological complaints say things like, you know, I have a friend with endometriosis who posted the other day, like red endometriosis. I said, red, why are you not stopping? Safe word, red, stop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's this non-consensual feeling of my body is taking action against me and I need it to stop and it is not stopping. Right. So, we've been considering this as probably some kind of perimenopause. Yes. I realized that that might be the problem maybe three or four months ago. Right. Mm -hmm. But you, you you were just getting established with the new doctor and it wasn't quite as aggressive as it's been the last couple months. It's it's quite so aggressive. You've been texting me about it, and we've tried various things also, uh, sexting or other ways of distracting you, but you've been quite so uncomfortable lately. You're, you're really aggravated with it, and you're really- It makes me angry. You're really annoyed and aggro about it. And I finally, the other day, said to you, please call the doctor, which is not something I usually do because you don't respond well to- Go to the doctor or instructions like that. As 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 a fat queer female presenting person, my experience with doctors has not been the best. No, but you like this doctor that you you started with a couple. I like her so far. Yes, so far you like her, and this is a becoming quite a terrible problem. It is, and so I did eventually call the doctor. You did, yeah. In Which fact, I, I called that day when you said, hey, call the doctor. And so I got right online. I, I was really glad because I thought the oddest thing to me was that usually when there's a problem, the first thing you're doing is seeking solutions. And, I, you know, as you're describing this, you had sought all the solutions you yourself could seek. And the next solution was to call the doctor. Right. And see, that's the part of it was because I still wasn't sure it was menopause, if it was hormones, if it was something else. Because after having had a hysterectomy, what is it, three or four years ago now? Yes. Like I still have ovaries and they are still producing hormones at the end of their functionality. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't thought, you know, since there's no period to become more irregular than it had already been, I wasn't thinking about menopause. And then when I realized, oh, this might be menopause. I was still trying to figure out what else it could be because I am in my mid-40s. It still feels young to me. And I was trying to look for other causes, other what else could it be. But no, I think... I You're think, not the doctor. Correct. Yes. Although speaking of doctors... Yes. My other partner is a pediatrician, not a gynecologist or a geriatrician, not no. someone who thinks much about menopause or aging. No, but you, you hadn't really thought about that. You just were explaining to them what was happening. They asked me on one of our weekly phone calls, about what age does perimenopause begin? And I said, well, it depends. Humanity is quite a spectrum, somewhere between late 30s and early 50s. And I said, why are you asking? Because they also are post-histo and have their ovaries. And I thought they might be talking about their experience, but they've also been on T for two, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And so they should not be cycling anymore, even if they don't have a period to cycle with. 
mm-hmm. their their ovaries should no longer be doing the thing. Right. And so I'm like, why are you asking? And they said, oh, because my sister was talking about it and she's about your age. And so, and I was like, yeah, that could totally be. Speaking of which, let me tell you about this problem I've been having, which I had talked to them a little bit about before, mm-hmm. but we haven't been together as long. And I don't like when you're in a relationship with someone with a given profession, you don't approach them about topics related to that profession. It seems too much like you're looking for free advice. Right. Okay. Like like your friends are not going to come to you and say, hey, will you therapeute me? Right. <laughs> Actually, as other therapists, we all did kind of help each other out that way. But that's, that's a different agreement. Yeah. yeah. It's a different situation. Yeah. And so like if you have friends who are doctors, do not ask them health-related questions. If you have friends who are lawyers, do not ask them law-related questions. Okay. We've broken all these rules. But anyway. <laughs> well, try not to. Yes, try okay. not to. So... Or ask permission before bringing the topic up. Right. And so, no, I typically don't talk physiology with my doctor partner. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that I'm telling them, hey, here's how perimenopause works. And then I'm like, yes. And remember this thing I told you about? I think it's part of that. Mm-hmm. And they thought that menopause created a lowering of libido. Yes. And I said, oh, honey, have you heard of cougars? And they were like, oh, that makes sense. Well, and what I said to you is, first of all, they're a pediatrician. True. Okay. Second of all, they're asexual. They are. You know, sex friendly, but asexual. Very sex favorable most of the time. So, you know, cougars are not something they are thinking about. Okay, fair. Right? Yes. Okay. Even as their partner seems to be becoming one. God damn it. You don't mind. Except when I'm a little too crazy because my hormones are too aggro and it makes me too aggro. I'm sorry. When, when you're far away, it's less helpful. It is. When you're, when you're closer, uh, usually we can come up with some viable solution, but lately, not so much because you're quite so thrown by how non-consensual it feels to you. Yes. It doesn't doesn't feel right. It doesn't, doesn't feel, feel right. Okay. It, you know, I can see how... People get into trouble. Well, I can also see that. But I can see how people in postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis, like, feel like their body is not theirs. I can see how people with certain other types of mental disorders will feel like, this is not my body, this is not my arm, this is not my leg. Right. And so, like, for the past couple weeks, although the week that we were together in Galley, we were mostly together together. Yes. And one of the times that it smacked me when we were not together, I came right back to the room. I had a break in between things and you were already there. And I was like, uh, I was going to handle myself, but now I'm just going to calm myself down. (laughs) But mostly I've been not talking to you about it the past couple weeks or couching it in very, very, I'm being very intentional about trying not to be aggro about it because it has me feeling just downright angry. And I know that that comes across in the way that I text you coming off very aggressive and very unpleasantly aggressive, not like horny aggressive, but like angry aggressive. With you being that uncomfortable, there was no, there was nowhere for me to go with that. Mm-hmm. You, you were at a point where you were just beside yourself. And when I am so overwhelmed that I just need to vent like that, it is very hard for either of us to remember that the other one sometimes just needs to be heard, mm-hmm. just needs to have their experience validated, even if their choices or their actions or their responses are not ideal the experience still needs to be validated. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we've talked about in couples therapy. Yes. But like when I am that aggro at you, it is very, very close to some of your longstanding trauma triggers. So you're just like, mm. Well, the other thing about that is 
I can only listen to the same problem over and over again so many times and not have you try to find a solution. And I appreciate that you pointed out, hey, you need to go call the doctor now. Yeah. That was very helpful, actually, because in those moments... I am devoting so many spoons to just managing myself that there is mm-hmm. nothing left for problem solving. Yes. And once I've finally gotten past it, which usually takes somewhere between 10 minutes and an hour or so, depending on how intense it was and how much of a come down I need, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's just such a relief. And then I have other things that have been waiting to be done. Well, so I wasn't even thinking about it. Often when I have used solutions for things like... Um, when you've used medical solutions for hormones problems. You pointed out to me, which mm-hmm. you, you actually did last week for me as well. Yes, because we started to talk a few weeks ago about how after your surgery, you had had a very high testosterone lab. Yeah, uh, unusually high. I've had one that high once before. It was kind of a fluke. It was totally back to normal the next time. And I thought it was a fluke. Your doctor thought it was a fluke. You thought it was a fluke, but you also wanted to be cautious. Right. And so you were taking a lower dose. You have a Just window. A little bit, yeah. You have a window, 0.5 to 0.7. Mm-hmm. And so you had dropped to the bottom of that dose for some while. Yes. What, two weeks, three weeks? Not even. And by the end of like the second or third week, you were like, oh my gosh, I'm losing it. I need. I, I was. I was, uh, you were out of town and... Um, and you went to the concierge doctor. I went to the concierge doctor, but I had planned to do that because you were going to be out of town. And you have a hard time giving yourself your own shot. Yeah, I, I spooked myself a, a couple months ago and I thought, I, I can just go and get a, a shot by... You're already paying her a monthly fee. You can make as many appointments as you need for that monthly I, fee. I don't need You haven't seen her this yeah. month at all. I think there's no harm in going in for a five-minute appointment to have her give you your shot. Exactly. About five minutes. So, and so. so... So I went in for a shot. And you and I usually do my shot in the evening. On a Tuesday night. I, I was... By that morning, I was... I had an afternoon appointment and I changed it to morning. I was like, I can't take this anymore. And I told you I'm going to get a, a slightly, you know, in the mid-range shot, they're 0. 0.6 instead of 5 or 7, 0.5 mm-hmm. cc, because I'm really losing it here. Mm-hmm. And I got my shot, and it was good. Mm-hmm. And, then and then the next week... You went down to the 0. 0.5. Yes. And then by the following week, when we were packing for galley, like yes, I, by Sunday. Yeah. By Sunday, I was starting to feel off. And I was, you know, as a person who struggled with depression and anxiety, I often try to figure out what's going on with that. You look for psychosocial causes. I do. Before you look for physiological or pharmacological causes. Correct. Which is wild because I always go the other way. I'm always looking for physiological or pharmacological. Yet you were not. Except... This is a thing that we've been joking about a lot lately, that you and I have traded places in a lot of our habits and mannerisms since you retired. Right. And I don't know, you know, this is just one of them. And I'm yeah. sure that more of them will come up as we record or over the next go, few weeks. they'll change again. But they anyhow, will. the thing is, I by the time we got to LA, I really was crazy. Um, and I was beside myself and didn't know what was going on. And you said, you know, you did do a lower shot last week. Maybe tomorrow we should do a bigger shot. And I sat there, I don't know, not for very long, maybe an hour at the most. And I said to you, let's not wait until tomorrow. <laughs> it let's was true. Do, 
And so I got my shot one night early, Mm -hmm. the the higher dose again. And within hours, I was no longer feeling that kind of crazy that had been happening. And it felt a little bit like what you're describing. It just didn't feel like something I could control or was looking at the wrong way or, you know, had gotten my emotions wrapped around. It felt like something that was pressing in on me and tearing me to pieces at the same time. That seems uncomfortable. It was. And in that moment, I recognized that feeling of the thing that we've been talking about, the thing that some of our recent autism reading was talking about with the rampant empathy, how a lot of autistic people have non-correlational levels of intellectual empathy and emotional empathy. Mm -hmm. I have very high emotional empathy. I have fair to middling intellectual empathy. My mirror neurons will run me over. When you were feeling out of your mind, I was starting to feel out of my mind too. It was really bad. It was it was bad. But it was fixable. It was fixable. It, thank goodness. And it gave me so much sympathy for how how present and how supportive you have been over the past six months with my hormones running me over. And I know that you've been having a hard time, especially when I start to feel angry or aggro about it. And you've just been really helpful all along too. And I'm like, oh, I'm being helpful the same way he has. Oh, I'm sorry. When are your next labs? Do you know? I don't have any. I have to call the endocrinologist. Well, they called to make an appointment when I was in hyperbarics. Mm -hmm. So I need to contact them, play phone tag, and have them mail me some labs. Mm -hmm. They have to mail them because they're not in the hospital system. Which is where your insurance covers labs at. Yeah. Okay. So once they send those, he said to wait three months, which is also what my hospital APRN said to do with my regular labs because I had some sitting there that I was supposed to do in December, but because of the sepsis, uh, she said- Wait three months wait for your three body or four to months. Yeah. get and back to homeostasis, yes. The endo said the same thing. Just do it in three or four months. Don't worry. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. You have no other indications of a problem. So I, I just think we, we check it again later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you need to call them back soon because it's that was in December. Yeah. No, the appointment was in January. Okay. The appointment was supposed to be in December. That's right. Okay. And I had sepsis. And the time before that, the appointment was supposed to be in November and I was in hyperbarics. Right. Okay. Um, in the Bay. So anyhow, I've moved. I, 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 I wanted to have it last year when it was still covered and I wasn't going to have to pay a whole bunch of money right away. But that's not how this year is working. It is not. But. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of not how things are working, your endocrinologist's office, their MAs and schedulers and everything else also don't work how you think they should be working. And so if you need an appointment at the end of March or beginning of April, it's probably time to start calling now in (laughs) mid-February. I'm Yeah, I'm not terribly worried about it because once the lab slip gets here, I can do the labs whenever I want. Right, I and got you. I could do them right away. I could do them in a month, you know, mm-hmm. whenever they get here. Right. Because whenever I do them, if he wants ones closer to the appointment, he'll send me more. Right. So it doesn't matter. Right. I just, I mostly need to call because I want lab slips, but it's too early to, it's probably is time to start asking for lab slips that I need in two months. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. And I go to the doctor 
after tomorrow morning at 640 in the bloody morning. Yeah, on your way to your office. Yes. Here's hoping that I don't get... It would be interesting if you got one when you got there. You'd be really good at explaining what was going on. Actually, maybe you would be. Yeah, I don't So know. you could say to her, so in about half an hour, here's what's going to be happening. <laughs> I want the solutions that don't kill my libido, though. Like, I want the real libido. I think she'll understand that. Okay, good. (laughs) Yes. You're not trying to remove the libido. You're trying to rein it in. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't even consider that thing libido anymore. At first I did because it felt like a sexual response. It is wetness. It is engorgement. It is skin flush. It is cognitive sexual images. Mm -hmm. And so at first I did associate it with libido, but now I do so less and less. Just like you don't call rape sex, it's violence. Correct. You know, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, yes, this is related to my sexual response, but it is not libido. Right. I don't like it. I know. Hopefully the doctor helps tomorrow. I hope so too. I'm glad you were able to get an appointment. And she is the doctor who did not bat an eye when I asked for an STI panel. And she said, okay, I'm going to have to put on your records that it's for risky sexual behavior. And I said, good, because I have risky sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. You know, she she might have had an internal response, but she did not let it come out. She was experienced enough, you know, to just be like, yep, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So that's good. I'm yeah. hoping that she will continue to be good. Yes, me too. And not be an ass about me being a queer, femme-presenting, autistic, fat person. Maybe she is too. I don't know. She's going to prescribe weight loss. <laughs> no. That's not allowed. This is not what we're aiming for. No. <laughs> don't don't uh, don't ask for the wrong thing, please. Okay. Thank you. This is like when I strained my wrist reaching too far on the piano and plunking too hard on a chord that I should not have tried to reach for. And when I went to the doctor to say my wrist hurt and they prescribed weight loss. Okay. That's not that's not what's happening here. Thank you God. I hope not. That I hope not. Seem to understand polyamory, seem to understand anything else you explained to them while you were there and queerness um, Fatness, autism. Yes. Yes. So I'm I'm hopeful that she will prescribe a blood panel and um, be able to solve the problem shortly thereafter. She looks millennial. So I have, I wouldn't say I have hope. I, I, I was about to say, I wouldn't say I have high hopes. And then I need to correct that to say, I wouldn't even say I have hopes. I have less wariness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with less wariness for now. I'll take it. Yeah. So anything else? No, I think that's it for now. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Hey there, cutie. Hi, babe. How you doing? Doing okay. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Sure. Okay. Is Bob ready? Bob's ready. You got his collar off? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. See, he even groaned to say he's ready. (laughs) I'm going to grab the notes anyway.
notes. Airflow for the computer. Okay. Did you put something under it? I did. Okay. Trying again. Good dog. Lay down. Okay. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. Stop. The computer's misbehaving. It is. That's okay. About six months ago. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Your poor little head needs help staying warm. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You're cute. You're Thanks. my favorite little old man. Oh, good. I am easily distracted tonight. I don't know why. I'm sorry. Okay. My favorite doctor is the new one. My favorite series of Star Trek is whatever's on right now. Doctor Who, you mean? That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, no, no. No, my favorite series. Like, people will ask, what's you your favorite said, Trek? Yes, but you said my favorite doctor is, but you didn't reference Doctor Who. Oh, yes. You're okay. just referencing doctor. <laughs> no. It, on doctor, doc- like I doctor today. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Sorry. Um, do you want to tell the story here or do you want to talk about Which story? The- uh, the the one where you explained to um, we can we can do that in a minute. Let's finish yeah. talking about how aggressive it is. Okay, go ahead. Uh, you uh, you were starting to say a sentence and I don't know where it left off. Do you? It was gonna go to the story. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but if that's not what you're ready for, I don't want to do that. So anything else? Your dog is ridiculous. Why has he got to be my dog, man? Well, he's very funny though. He is very funny. <laughs> <laughs>